The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Drop Back Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and I'm joined down the line by Joe Costanzo. Hiya, Slu. How you going? Going good, and we're rejoined again after a long absence by Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, guys? Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I uh, just wanted to say you, you guys have done a, a pretty fantastic job in my absence, but I'm looking forward to, to getting back and hearing what nonsense uh, Joe in particular is going to spout this week. Wow, I can't believe you said that, seeing you've been so wrong every week on your predictions so far. But yeah, let's go ahead. Hey, let's get hey, some, someone's got to back the Finns. And speaking of backing teams that have very little hope, um, while we were away, we've Joe and I have both picked the teams that we believe are dead in the playoff race. Joe last week tried to resurrect the Jets, but I shut him down on that. And I very Smart. much may have mistaken the Minnesota Vikings. Matt, have you got any teams that have got no chance of playoff football? Yes. Well, obviously, to get the um, the ones that have been dead for a while out of the way, the Redskins, obviously, um, the, the Bengals as well. The Dolphins were dead before the season started. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to say the Giants and Atlanta um, and the Broncos as well. But I'm also going to say the Cleveland Browns and LA Chargers are both dead. Ooh, I like that. And that comes after, you know, how how hyped the Browns were coming into the season and how they've just dreadfully flopped. Uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens looks massively out of his depth. Uh, and the Chargers, I've been so disappointed in the Chargers this season. I mean, I know that both of you guys mentioned it on, on last week's episode, but just how they, they literally just can't get out of their own way. There's all this hype about, you know, what a team they'd be if they were healthy and they can never get healthy. And I think that it's time to, you know, to call the team what it is. And they are, they just drastically underachieve almost year on year and I think this year they're, they're not even going to make the playoffs but do you do you think they honestly won't make the playoffs because I think I, I can imagine the Chargers will have quite they haven't got the hardest schedule coming up let's be honest and I mean obviously they have to play Kansas City but at the same time oh no they don't do they yeah of course they do but like at the same time now they don't have Pat Mahomes for three weeks and I can imagine uh, a scenario where the Chargers make the playoffs. Definitely. I just, I just think you know, after watching them fall to the Titans, the Ryan Tannehill-led Titans, um, and I know we're gonna, we're gonna talk about you know the the Titan situation a little bit later on in the podcast, but you can't lose to Ryan Tannehill and try and have a tangible opportunity and at, at, at making the playoffs and think that you're a playoff caliber team. Um, you know, they're playing the Bears this week. If they've got a very strong defense, um, and and then. I just I, I don't trust the Chargers. They have they seem to have all the pieces and and just can't put it all together when it matters most. Um, and I think that's going to culminate this season in leading some big decisions. You know, after the Bears game, then they they then got to go and play Green Bay. Um, so I know, I know it's not the hardest schedule, but the next couple of games could be pretty tough, and they could realistically you know see themselves in a few weeks on the back of of you know you know could could literally be a, a two and seven team in this this time in a few weeks time yeah i agree with you the charges have been looking a bit shaky i'm holding off a little bit before i put them on this list i've learned with the vikings maybe don't shoot a bit too early but with mahomes going down for what could be at least three weeks it could be more than that we don't really know none of us are matt you're the closest to a knee expert here (laughs) and (laughs) my knees are just i just don't I... i just don't think the afc west is out of the question if they can if they can pull it together. I'm not saying it's a likelihood, but I'm just not ready to say no. There's no chance yet. Yeah. 
So on that front with Mahomes being out for three weeks, for maybe even longer, you look back to 2017 and you go, oh, it's the Eagles. But Carson Wentz missed three games at the end of the year. And despite being a forerunner for the MVP before before that, wasn't really considered in the same way. And the award went to Brady. Well, this is there a chance that this could cost um, Mahomes the MVP? Joe, you can go first on this one. I think I think it will. I honestly think it will. But it's it's a bit like that season Carson Wentz had where they he should have won MVP until the very end of the season where he got injured. Except this time it's happening midway through the season. He's still going to miss three games at the end of the day. He's missed he's missed one game already, and they're well half of one game, and he, and the Chiefs came away with a win. But it's it's going to be. Um, I think with the way Russell Wilson in particular is playing, and also I'm going to say it the way Lamar Jackson is playing. Um, and that isn't even, isn't even me being biased here because at the end of the day, if you look at Lamar Jackson, uh, the Ravens are highest in total offense at the moment, led by Lamar Jackson, and you can't say he doesn't play the integral part of that offense. He's on pace to beat Michael Vick's record of rushing yards at the QB position. Um, and at, like as the defenses have started to adjust to his legs, he's starting to have to make throws a lot more. And you saw that in the, in the Seattle game. And he who did he beat? the person that everyone's saying is going to win MVP and the person that we were talking about being MVP last week, I honestly think Lamar Jackson has a legitimate opportunity to win MVP this year, just from what he can do with his legs and his arm. Absolutely. I I think there's three other names that we do need to mention. I think yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I don't know if it will get someone that's a non-QB, but if it will, I think McCaffrey's in the front running for that. Yeah, definitely. Deshaun Watson has been playing out of his skin hmm. right now. Yeah, and if last week was anything to go by, could Aaron Rodgers make a late surge for it? Potentially, to be fair. I mean, for for me, I would have um, if it's not going to be Mahomes, I would have McCaffrey and Wilson as probably the next two likely. I think Mahomes, despite this injury, is going to still end up with the MVP simply because it has happened midway through the season, so we do get to see um, you know him finish. Will hopefully finish finish the season, um, which I think does make a big difference in terms of when the when the voting's actually done, um, and if they can, you know, if we see Mahomes being able to put up similar numbers towards the back end of the season, I think that he's he, he's on course to be able to to retain that award. That's a really good point, actually, because that is the difference between the Wentz injury and the Mahomes one. The Wentz exactly. didn't get to play down the stretch. Yes, he'd got them into that number one slot, but Mahomes might come back and maybe be the um, catalyst for pushing for that number one or home field advantage through the playoffs. And I think that then will be fresh in the voters' minds. So another thing you missed when you were away, Matt, is we had our first sandwich bet loss of the season. I owe you and Joe a sandwich for Todd Gurley missing a game, even though it wasn't his knee. It was his quad, but you know what? Not going to put up a fuss about that. So let's go into seeing how confident we're feeling about the rest of our sandwich bets. So the first one was, Matt, you targeted specifically at me, yep. that Caelan Ballard would have more all-purpose yards than any of the Eagles running backs in 2019. I did a whiff, I think. I think I did a big You're whiff. feeling good about that? I'm feeling terrible about that, to be honest, Lou. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it was, it was one of those where, um, you know, I, I thought the Dolphins were probably going to be pretty bad this year, especially on offense with that turnstile of an offensive line. But I don't think anyone really realized they were going to be so anemic to the point where, um, you know, that the, the no, no Dolphins players have any really acceptable um, or above average stats on offense other than Devontae Parker, who in the last three games has decided that he likes catching touchdowns. 
Yeah, well, you did have a left tackle at the time you made that bet. And at the time you made that bet, you also went all in on the Dolphins. And for some reason, I think it was probably just to wind Joe up, I decided to side with you than saying that Josh Rosen would have more passing you TDs than Lamar Jackson. freaking idiots. You stupid idiots. You've yeah, so one of those is looking like an MVP candidate right now, and it isn't Josh Rosen. Obviously, like that was always going to happen. I don't know what you expected to happen from the Miami Dolphins. They were obviously tanking this year. I don't know why you made the bet, but thank you for the before sandwich. You get too, before you get too cocky, Joe, let's go with your bet that the Browns will make the AFC Championship game. Could still happen. They're not that dead. Was a, that was a bad bet. Yeah, it was f***ing stupid, wasn't it? Luckily, wait, did... No, you guys both took me on that. God. Yeah, we did. But you didn't take me on David Johnson, which now looks very good. I didn't. Matt took you on that, but not before bargaining. I had another listen to that podcast. And I Matt... haggled. Well, no, but it made no sense. It, it was like Joe a originally haggle. gave you a thousand receiving yards and ten touchdowns. But you made and it said easier David for Johnson me. was going to make that threshold. And then you said, no, nah, he won't make it that far. So Joe was like, right, I'll move it down to 908 <laughs> receiving yards. And Matt, you go, yeah, I'll take that. I think he'll make. I don't think he'll make that either. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty you aggressive. absolutely got hustled, boy. It was aggressive How does it feel part? getting hustled? Yeah, but uh, I, I moved the, the, the offer down, which makes it harder for you, and then you accepted it. <laughs> you were like, no, that's too unrealistic. And then I was like, all right, I'll move it down. And then you were like, yeah, I'll go. I'll take that. It's like, it would have been easy if you just accceded the first one. Hmm. Nah, that one will still come through, surely. Um, I don't know. Well... So at the moment, through seven games, David Johnson is 300 yards rushing. Pretty. It was the receiving numbers we need, though, Joe. 315 yards receiving so far over seven. Rubbish. Absolutely But I only need... And he is is losing receptions as well. Yeah, I know. Chase... Is it Chase Edmonds? Edmonds. Chase Edmonds with with three touchdown performances this week. Amazing. And me and Slew were watching him last week. Live and I was just like I kept going like Chase Edmonds is sick. He's he's obviously really good. Like especially in this system as well. I don't, I don't know what it is about him. He's like the perfect running back for it. And we were sitting here at the start of the season going David Johnson's the perfect running back for this season, this this team. But it's obviously Chase Edmonds. Idiots shows what you know, Joe. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, I think I, I think I did a, a a pretty big bad on all the uh, on pretty much all the bets before the season started. Well, you might win the David Johnson one. You're probably on pace to win it. Hey, you 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 got to swing for the fences, don't you, really? Yeah. Basically, Chase Edmonds ruined my bet. All right, so is there any particular sandwich you guys are going to want? Joe, are you wanting your famed um, fish and rice sandwich? I will uh. be making that for my winners, but Slewiver, you can make me a meatball marinara. That would be lovely. That's such a rogue request. Just you want me to make? How am I getting this to so you? So you're like, not. You're you know not. Yeah. By post, please. So I'll only accept. Are you sure you one. want to eat that? So first of all, you're you're not wanting to get one from Subway. You're wanting Slew himself to try and make you a meatball marionette, and then you want him to send it via Royal Mail down yes, to London. So we're talking not at least Royal a two mail. to. I want. No, I'll send it tracked. Yeah, obviously. We're I still want, talking I want at to least. See that. It's a bit le- like Deliveroo, but from Leeds. Except it will take at least a day or, or two days, in which case that's going to be a pretty rank Meatball Mariana homemade it's sandwich. It's not going to take two days. What? In any way, it doesn't matter because some things are worth waiting for, just like the Green Bay Packers offense. Nice transition. Into life. What a transition. This week, finally, Aaron Rodgers' 25 
um, completions on 31 attempts, 429 yards, five touchdowns, rushing TD. He threw the same number of incompletions they had total touchdowns. That's pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Green Bay are a dark horse Super Bowl team this year, based on the way they've sprung into life the last couple of weeks. Really? A dark a Super Bowl? Can you imagine it? I, I, could, I, I could see Green Bay in the Super Bowl, couldn't you? I could see them in an NFC Championship game, but I don't see them getting past that. Their offense just absolutely exploded with missing three of their best weapons. Williams and Jones look like a fantastic one-two running back duo. Their defense had already looked really impressive early on in the season. And now that their offense is starting to sort of catch up and find some chemistry, I don't see any reason why Green Bay couldn't make their way to the Super Bowl with a bit of, with a stroke of luck. Do you think they beat the Saints? I think they beat the Saints, yeah. With the Drew Brees? And a healthy Alvin Kamara? I think so. I think Rogers Rogers in the form that he showed yesterday. Rogers is that is that sort of quarterback where he shows that on his day he can pretty much beat anyone. And that defense is so much better than it was last year. It gives him a chance every time he takes a field. If Rogers can put it together with that offense, then I don't see any I don't see any team that they couldn't potentially beat on their day. I think other than outside of the Pats, I don't think they'd win the Super Bowl. I think the Pats would win in in that sort of matchup. But I think Green Bay are are definitely a, a major powerhouse in the NFC at, at, at the, the sort of current standing. I'd be interested to see how they do against the 49ers team, but I could see them getting getting to a place where that's a, a legitimate conversation. I think in sorry to I don't know if Sue had anything to say here, but I I think in my opinion it's like so I see Rogers tear apart a Raiders defense that has lost what uh, a lot of the Raiders organization touted as one of their biggest leaders in Vontas Perfect. As weird as that might sound, but a bad I mean, leader. I know, but Pete genuinely, they 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 had him. He was a captain on the team, and they've taken him away. And even Jonathan Abram on shout out uh, Adam Lefko's show was talking about he how does need our shout outs. He'd... He might right. do. Yeah, you know. Well, if we shout him out, maybe he'll shout us out. Come on. It's a bit of a PR, mate. <laughs> Can um, play the play the game. <laughs> you got to play play the podcast game, my friend. Anyway, no, but so like Jonathan Abram was saying on his show that um, genuinely Vontes Berthick was a nice guy and like one of the nicest guys he's ever met. Who's a really good leader on that team. And since taking him away, he said, "Yeah, the other guy's all right. I can't even remember what his name is. Uh, to to kill Whitehead or whatever his name is, but um, yeah, Whitehead, yeah, yeah." So. He said, yeah, he's all right, but he's not the same. It's obviously different. So that that kind of shows to some extent that, you know, maybe that defense is going to struggle a bit more now. And also, if you compare that defense to the Saints defense, I don't see the... I don't, I don't think it's the same result, no matter how much... I don't think Aaron Rodgers has that kind of performance. Or the Baltimore Ravens defense that was revitalized this week, bringing in Marcus Peters... Got a pick six. Got um, Russell Wilson's first interception of the season. He was under pressure all day. Conceded le- had less than 50% passing. Mm. Held Chris Carson to 3.1 yards a carry. All the Ooh. mental errors there that have been present throughout the season here for Baltimore because they haven't been playing up to expectations of the defensive side of the ball. It was all full on display. Went into Seattle, grabbed a big win. And Joe, that must have been pretty pleasing for you to watch. You said it yourself. I think Marcus Peters starting to show that he was quite a good signing for us. Especially, most people came away from that trade being like Jalen Ramsey this, Jalen Ramsey that. And they didn't really think about the other side of it. And I know it is just sort of a one-year thing. And I don't know if we are going to keep him after this year. But right now, if t- when Tavon Young comes back late on in the season, our second or- secondary is going to be... And Mar- Jimmy Smith. 
and Jimmy Smith, Marlon Hum- So at the moment we've got, you know, Marlon Humphrey, who's amazing, Marcus Peters, who's shown to be good in this game, giving Russell Wilson his first interception, taking it back for a touchdown for God's sake. Um, then we're getting back Jimmy Smith. Then we're getting back Tavon Young, and we've got Earl Thomas and Tony Jefferson at safety. That don't tell me that isn't the best secondary in the league, honestly. That's I'm not good, sure I can. Do you fair. trade one of those corners? What? Do you trade one of those corners in the nets in the upcoming week for a piece? I don't know. Brand, I'd only trade Brandon Carr. I'd keep Tavon Young as our as our nickel corner. Who do you, what what would you say when they're all healthy? What would you how do you so think you'd line Jimmy up? Smith play? We 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 could even play basically because our, our defensive line is where we're struggling now because because um that's why we're we're giving up some of the plays. But we could play that um we still have strong pieces on the defensive line. It's just, you know, um, so I think our secondary makes up for it. We can even use what the, the Chargers started using with the extra sort of defensive backs, that, that sort of scheme. Which could come in helpful when you play the Patriots later in the Damn year. Right. Switch it up. So on a less positive note, last week, Joe, we spoke about how it wasn't looking good for Mariota and Winston. Winston, we saw throw five picks, I think it was, in London. Mariota mm. got subbed out and he didn't start this game. Has he lost his Titans job for good now? I'm going to yes. defer to Matt on this one. Yes, he has. And um, I think that um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where would you rather have a first-round talent or, or you, you know, your first-round pick flame out after one season or would you rather have it that they keep being sort of okay for five years before you have to make that decision? And I think it's actually probably more detrimental for to a franchise if you get a Marcus Mariota where they sort of keep promising to, okay, this, this year was okay, but you know maybe you can take that next step. Then next year it's the same. Maybe you can take that step. And I think yeah. he's run out of room to make that steps now. They've run out of patience with him. Tannehill came in and replaced him this game and looked fine you know he he looks a lot more yeah. comfortable in the offense that his touchdown pass just before the uh, end of the second quarter was you know a, a, a dart it threw through a very tight window and he just looks so much more comfortable comfortable in that offense Mariota looked confused so much of the time um and i think that he never really grabs a name um grabs a game by the scruff of a neck does Mariota and go on and no. try and win it it always exactly. seems like he's trying to avoid a mistake yeah, exactly. he's, he's still in that rookie mindset, I think. I did think he never really developed in that sort of NFL mindset where you have to, you have to compete in these games. Like, you, you can't just go out there and do your job. You have to fucking want it to win in this league. That kind of proves it. But I, I would say, um, sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but um, I'd say it's kind of similar to the Kyle Allen situation in that the Titans need to sort of stay in some mm. sort of, some sort of um, momentum going forward. Like a lot of people would say when Cam Newton comes back, keep Kyle Allen, Allen in the game because that's, the, that's where the momentum is. You're winning with him, stay with him. So I think um, the Titans should do the same with Ryan Tannehill. Like Mariota wasn't giving you wins. Like, obviously, you had that big win with uh, AJ Brown going off for over 100 yards. But since then, I, I think you've been got very to... hot and cold. Yeah. I think you, you can't trust. And not a lot of Mariota winning games for them. And I don't know mm. if we'd be speaking differently if if the Chargers had managed to punch it in at the end of the game. I don't know if we'd be like, no. oh, Tannehill, that's a game he should have won. It's a tight loss. It's at home. Maybe he should have won that game. Mariota maybe would have taken care of the football a bit better. He wouldn't have thrown that pick. But it is what it is. Tannehill won the game against what was perceived before the season as a good opposition. And with the Texans losing to the Colts, that AFC South is getting tight. Wide open. And if you were to throw Mariota yeah. back in now, is that detrimental and you lose all momentum going into the race? 
I think so. And I think the other thing that I took away from that game was Tannehill showed some really good chemistry with a lot of different weapons on that offense. He really did a great job of spreading the ball around. And it seems like one of those situations where, you know, too much tampering in that quarterback position, you, you seem to have found something that, that, that works or at least works to the extent that you can let, um, you know, your, you know, Derek Henry win your game or you can let your, you can lean on the defense a bit more and you know you're going to get just enough on the offense to be able to come by. So I just think, you know, if they, if they then chop and change and put Mario to back in after, you know, say, you know, yeah, you can't do that. Do you know what I mean? You, you need to, they need to find some consistency at the quarterback position. They seem to have it on Sunday. I think they've just got to run with it, especially while, the, like you said, the AFC South is so wide open. Yeah. Another division that's a bit wide open. Cowboys took control of it last night, and that was a devastating oh. game to watch. Uh, last A couple of weeks ago, I was saying how Dak was really impressing me. And yes, he had a decent game last night. But that Eagles secondary, even with Jalen Mills back, is just nowhere near NFL standard to compete in tight games. Whenever it's and it it didn't help. The game was over after the two fumbles on the opening two drives. I don't know yep. if you guys have managed to see the highlights of that game yet. Yeah. But we came out. We got a few first downs. Dallas got out, then fumbled the ball. They went down, scored, and then we fumbled the ball on the ensuing drive. Once again, the ball locked out of his hands. He tried to pass the ball. And they scored again, and so it was it was fourteen nothing before anything before before we'd really had a chance to yeah get anything going. <laughs> I w- I would say add to that as well that the, I wouldn't. Some people say like this is a really big Cowboys win, and I really don't think it is. No offense to you, Slu, but your secondary is trash. It's mm. full of trash men. It's so bad. It's so trash. I'm not offended by and, that. And and it just it's sort of the perfect secondary for Dak Prescott to come out of a rut with. Do you know what I mean? Like. If he had to do it, go against the Eagles secondary. It's a good bounce yeah. back game. Absolutely, especially the way Jim Schwartz likes to play his game. He'll send a lot of blitzes, leave a lot of people one-on-one. And Amari yeah. Cooper is too good of a route runner. And yeah. Jason Wilson knows how to use his body against defenders. You can't leave those players one-on-one consistently throughout the games. They will win those matchups. Yeah. Yeah. The one bright spot I have from this match, I mean, Zeke always runs over us. So, But the Eagles' run defense still isn't atrocious. I'm looking at the two schedules and... As I would say, it's a slightly easier side. side yeah. of things. Mm. We've still got the Giants twice and the Redskins. We get the Cowboys at home. Hopefully, we can sort our secondary out by then. I don't think the Cowboys will get better between now and that point. You I have think a chance hopefully to. if we can get Ronald Darby, Crivon LeBlanc back, maybe it can make our secondary reasonably competitive. So I but think... as an Eagles fan, that was a tough loss to take. Yeah, so I think, Slew, I mean, I know you're getting some players back. Like you said, Royal Derby would be would be a big addition to you guys. But I think, actually, if you're going to solve this secondary issue, you're going to have to look outside of, of, of your own walls and mm. do what Harry Roseman is, is good at, you know, use the trade market, find the best value. And I think at the moment... Chris Harris on the Broncos, they're going to have to be in. They're going to have to be entering rebuild mode. He's 30 years old in the last year of his contract. I, I did my article last mm-hmm. week looking at potential trade candidates, and Chris Harris stood out to me as someone. Great who, article, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, Chris Harris stood out to me as someone that is just begging to be matched up with a team that has the potential to win now, while he's still got you know the, the uh, three or four more years of of decent play in him. And I just think that is a move that you could absolutely get done. It wouldn't cost you the earth in terms of draft capital or salary, and it instantly makes that secondary so much better, which is really letting you down at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely agree oh, with that. And. Oh. Sorry, good Joe, go ahead. Sorry, I would just say one thing. None of this matters anyway because the whole division is dead. That's, That's a good true. point. This is I don't mute. know if you heard this, Matt. Joe killed the whole division. Obviously, one of those teams could make the playoffs. 
that team, according yeah, to Joe, is going to lose whoever is... they play in the first round of the playoffs. The Monarchs yeah. are going to uh, make the team them that pass, I think mate. can go a little bit further than that first round of the playoffs. New Orleans Saints. They've gone undefeated with Teddy as a starter. They've still got... So, we said Drew Brees at the beginning of the season, when he got injured, maybe six or so weeks out. Mm. So, the games they have left, home to the Cardinals. They've got a bye week, and then they're home to the Falcons. Winnable. And then Drew Brees, who has already been throwing the ball for a few weeks now, should be back and fully healthy. Is this after two years of almost getting screwed out of the playoffs and the and the big game? Is this the year they managed to win the Super Bowl? I don't think Super Bowl, but I think certainly um, you know they're they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. I think they're a potentially really strong squad. Um, I think that the fact that they've been able to perform so well and, and grind out results without Breeze is a massive testament to Sean Payton and a, a massive testament as well to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I just like. In the NFC, I like the Packers and I like the 49ers too much to be able to crown the the Saints in the Super Bowl just yet. But, you know, like I said, it'll be great to see what, what Breeze is able to do once he's come back healthy and how that will affect this team. I, I, personally, I think the Saints have more of a chance than the 49ers and here's why. I just think if you look, uh, like Matt was saying, Teddy's ability to grind out these games, and we've said it before and they've said it in other platforms as well but you have to win those sort of games in order to uh, be a successful team I think you have to be able to win the small victories and Teddy Bridgewater is amazing at managing a game getting you through to the end and relying on that defense to get you turnovers he's not going to turn the ball over he's going to you know just sort of grind out a result and when as soon as Breeze comes back he's going to be fresh he's going to be healthy I think they could make a deep run in the playoffs I've imagined them going to at least the NFC championships before the refs screw them again and then <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I think after Breeze comes back, we could, we could see, see some good yeah, stuff. They are starting to roll. Absolutely. That Bears game wasn't as close as the score suggested. They yeah. had a kick return for a yeah. touchdown and an onside recovery near the end of the game when it was already out of hands. That was a big win from the Saints who were out Alvin Kamara as well. Um, another team who started to gain a little bit of hype. Kirk Cousins took a lot of slack, especially from me, uh, uh, um, a few weeks ago. He's now got three games with 100-plus oh yeah. yards, 130 passer rating in three-plus games. Is this sustainable? Is the play calling sustainable? I did like with the play-action play to Stephon win the Diggs. game rather than just try and run it, smash it three times into the Lions' front, which is what I think Mike Zimmer probably would have wanted to do. He secretly wanted to, yeah. Utilising play-action... Can they keep this going? You like that? I think <laughs> I think they can. I think all he needed was the motivation from his receivers to out him on social media and to reporters and in, in, in interviews. And Stefan Diggs uh, to want to leave. Since being called out, he leads the league in QBR over this period of time. That's big. That's a, Yeah, he's got over 140 QBR in the last three games. I I, just, I think it's amazing that suddenly um, you know he, he's eight he's eight to one touchdown to interception he's keeping hold of the ball and and making the smart decisions a lot better and he's he's connecting with the throws that earlier on in the season he was just airballing completely yeah, um, and it's I, it's one of those things where you. you you, is it a motivation thing that suddenly an athlete like Kirk Cousins stops making these mistakes because suddenly they've been called out and, and that fire in their belly corrects their performance? It, it, it's a bit of a strange one. But, um, I mean, maybe maybe Adam Thielen and Diggs need to just bully him every week I, from now I, yeah. on. 
it wasn't nece- it wasn't necessarily even that he was playing badly. Yeah, he wasn't playing well, but it was he wasn't even Too trying safe. it. Now he's yeah. going to call out that fire in the belly you were talking about. He's going to attempt those throws and. The play calling has got much better. They've decided rather than just running it all the time, they're running it consistently still because Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook incredible. Is doing bits on my but they're also team. they're also getting big chunk plays off play action as well. They're doing what the 49ers do and have been working for them all season. And it's just whether Kirk gets tight in a big spot, Zimmer gets tight in a big spot, and it's like, oh, I don't want to put the defense under pressure. We're just going to go back to running it. I think those are the things that could could spell trouble for the Vikings if they happen. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But also, I think there is the element that if some, if I think Kirk Cousins moved to a new team over the offseason and he's never been known as the biggest leader on the field compared to like other players. And I think Kirk Cousins came into that. And this might have been the kick up the butt he kind of needed to be called out by his own teammates to prove to them that, like, hey, I'm a quarterback. I can throw the ball. I can give you the ball when you need it. I just need to do it my way. It seems almost like a bravery thing that now now they're being a bit more adventurous and brave with their play calling. Now Cousins yeah. is you know going for the the deep shots and 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 taking the um, you know taking the chances and almost being like I'm going to make the throw. You've got to come down with the catch now. If you want to you want to try and call me out as the quarterback, you as the receiver better come down with that ball. Um, and it just seems mm-hmm. like that energy is is sort of going through the, the the Vikings team and they've been able to to rattle off some really good performances on the back of it. Definitely. You can't argue with that. And so two teams that will be hoping to also be playing in the NFC um, playoffs, the Panthers travelling to San Francisco to face the undefeated 49ers. 49ers coming off a really tough win mm. in terrible weather conditions in yeah, Washington. shocking. It's a um, water park. And the Panthers coming off a bye, good win in London against a divisional opponent. Who comes out of this one victorious? You go first, Joe. Um, I think despite what I would consider kind of underwhelming performance, but granted, like Sue said, the weather was atrocious. It basically just consisted of running the whole game. Everyone knew they were going to run because you couldn't really throw the ball. Like no one could catch that. It was, yeah, you it couldn't was even wear gloves in that weather, honestly. But I think the 49ers defense are going to win them the game here. I think their defense is possibly the best of the league. I mean, the Bears are obviously amazing, but Pat the... Yeah, and the Pats, obviously. But I think the 49ers is up there in the in that top two, top three contention. And um, I think, you know, there's two great rush like r- rushing attacks. We've got Christian McCaffrey rushing and receiving. He basically is everything for that Panthers team against a talented, like, duo of um, Breeder and Coleman. Um, no, I agree with you, though. Because that Panthers defense is really good, but the Niners' rushing game just hasn't been bothered with who they're playing against. Mm. They came up against yeah. Aaron Donald a couple of weeks ago, like I don't really care, I'm just going to run around you. Yeah. I think if there's anyone that can outscheme this rather surprisingly solid Panthers defense, mm. it's going to be Shanahan. He's almost been faultless this year, and. Mm. Another bonus for them is that they didn't really have to show too much of their playbook against the Redskins. Off their bye, I imagine a lot of teams are going to be watching the game they're going to the team they're going to be playing against. Like, right, right, this is what they like to do. This is how we defeat it. Obviously, they've got a lot of game film on them. They gave nothing away. In the most recent, they have a lot of recency stuff because mm. they didn't have to do anything against the Redskins. Just ram it down their throat until they sort of gave in. Absolutely, and I, I completely agree with you guys. I think that this is going to be a 49ers win. Um, but for me, I think it, it's a tale of um, two rushing defences 
And the fact that the 49ers rushing defense has been tremendous this year, they've only allowed one touchdown on the ground so far, giving up, um, you know, only 4.1 yards per carry on average. And like I said before, if you can shut down Christian McCaffrey, I know Carl Allen has shown that he, he's you know, been able to make some impressive throws and, and get the job done. But I think that secondary has been so impressive as well for the 49ers that if they can shut down the run game, they can allow Shanahan to be able to control the game a bit more with time on the clock um, and they can grind out quite a close win here. But the only thing yeah, I would just say... To, just to double down on what you were going to say before, Joe, you go with the Panthers, which what it sounds like, not go with them, but make an argument, is that the Bucks did manage to shut down McCaffrey and the Niners have a lot more talent on the back end that the Bucks did. Yeah. And they're not going to have a quarterback that, well, hopefully is going to throw five interceptions and give the, 49, um, give the Panthers a win. True. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, though, they might. Jimmy G, we, we've seen some questionable throws from him in the past, and we've said it before. I'm kind of waiting for Jimmy G to have a terrible game. I think it might be coming. I think it's brewing. I think they're going to get their first loss in the season, not against the Panthers, but in the next few weeks, I think. We're, we're start, like there's Some of those throws are dodgy, man. Like, and obviously, Shanahan mm. is a genius. Um, Kittle's amazing. That whole The whole offense is brilliant, but I think Jimmy G just needs to calm it with some of these throws and obviously we didn't get to showcase that much last week in the pouring rain but like just from this season in general more so i see what you mean joe i think jimmy g does give you one or two throws every week that make you think why did you throw that there yeah it's a bit dark. so another game we're going to highlight this coming week is the packers and the chiefs it is disappointing we're not going to see Mahomes beat rogers though isn't yeah. it yeah that would have been oh, so good that would sucks it literally breaks my heart i can wait to the super bowl it's true. But the thing is, we need to not underestimate because there's, there's Andy Reid is a great play designer. He's going to make the game mm. as easy as he can for his quarterback and the running game is going to get that involved. Arrowhead is always loud, especially in the big games. And that Chiefs team, they've had 20 sacks this year. If they can maybe get to Rodgers a little bit, maybe it shouldn't be too easy for the Packers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a close one. I'd just like to say as well, before we get started, shout out Matt Moore starting in the in the NFL again. Matt Moore and Tannehill locking up starting jobs God so far sake. this season. Mm. You like that from a Finns perspective. If we don't like that, it kind of kills you a little bit inside. But it's Both nice to see. the season as backups. Yeah, like it would be any difference if you had Matt Moore starting for you than Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah. They've just got a better play caller. Ryan Fitzpatrick's pretty cool. I think he had a pretty good game, actually. I'd love to go for a beer with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'd hate for him to be my team's quarterback. Well, he is. Well, that's unlucky for you. But while we're on Matt Moore, Matt, who, what do you reckon is going to happen in this one? I think the Packers are going to win. And I think that it's simply because, you know, like I said, I like Matt Moore, but he's, he's just not Mahomes. Uh, and Mahomes has shown that his ability to basically outscore teams um, with you know the talents that he has and the way that he's able to run that offense, I think that this could end up being a bit of a shootout. Looking at the form of the Packers coming into it offensively, they're just heating up, and um, you know the, the Chiefs' defense has struggled at times, um, you know both through the air and on the ground. I think that it's going to turn into a bit of a shootout, and I don't trust Moore to be able to keep up with Rogers. I uh, I gonna have to agree with you here, Matt. Actually, uh, I'm gonna say Aaron Rodgers is like we've seen with he's on he's on form. Uh, he's against a pretty questionable defense in Kansas City, and without Mahomes now, um, I can't see him just keeping the pace that Rodgers is gonna set. Um, so I imagine Pac the Packers defense are just gonna eat Matt Moore alive. Let's be honest. Um, 
it's it's got to be the Packers this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think Matt Moore is he doesn't have the arm talent that Mahomes does to fit the ball into the tight windows. Yeah. And Green Bay's got some really talented people in that secondary. Jerry and it's going to be maybe one, two, maybe three picks if they can bring pressure as well. It could maybe get a little bit ugly for them. What sort of effect is that going to have on the Chiefs season? I think they'll be fine. I, oh, I honestly it, think... won't, it won't have a good effect, but hopefully Mahomes won't be out too long and they can Mahomes. maybe snatch a couple of wins. It's almost in the situation that the Saints were in early on. You're right, right, if they can keep this steady, if they can go about 500 while their quarterback's out, then it shouldn't be too bad for yeah, them. Yeah, that's, that's mm. one if of they... the arguments I was going to make, actually, yeah. Do you want to make it? Yeah, no, no, no. Basically, like it's it could be a similar situation. We we don't know. Obviously, I think the Packers are going to win this week, but over the next three weeks, say they come two and one from that with Matt Moore, then it gives it brings back Pat Mahomes, who's basically had three weeks off to recover from his knee injury. He's fresh. He's ready to go. Um, I think it could go could go well. The only thing is with knee injuries. I've had them. A dislocated knee, in fact, on my left my left knee during playing rugby, and it Gross. sucked. Like this is the most freaking painful thing when it happened. I didn't realize. I swear, I I couldn't move my knee. It was it was completely screwed. So he's basically just going to be rehabbing that for three weeks straight. And he's you got to think he'll be ready to go when he gets out there. And I can imagine he's going to take over, and it'd be hard to beat Pat Mahomes when he's back from injury. I reckon. What's the worst inj- injury? Dislocated knee or turf toe? Obviously, a dislocated knee. You turf toeian. Although a turf toe does just that. come back like six months later. It never leaves. I've got it again. It's always turfed. Yeah, you just become a um, one of those stone men from Game of Thrones eventually. <laughs> a turf man. Yeah. All right, so our final spotlight of game of the week. Two teams that really, really need a win now. Damn teams right. Teams came into the season with high expectations, Super Bowl whispers around amongst their fan base. LA Chargers, Chicago Bears. What do you think, Matt? Two and five, three and three. Chargers need a win because they're so far down their order. Bears are looking at the Vikings and the Packers within their division, who are each one, two, three wins ahead of them at this point. Mm. If one of the teams can't start winning now, it's going to get ugly for them. What do you think, Matt? What, do you want to go first on this one? or? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, so I think that, um, you know, as I said earlier, the Chargers can't get out of their way at the moment. The loss of the Titans was another sort of ridiculous result when you think this team is better than what they're putting out on the field. It's almost like since Melvin Gordon's come back, he's disrupted that offensive rhythm more than sort of being that that kick, that kick extra kick on that they, that they would have liked. Um, but I think they do win here, and I think that is mostly because Mitch Trubisky, I... I'm not convinced oh, is, yes. is the long-term answer at quarterback Ooh. in Chicago. Matt Nagy wants to get creative on the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like Trubisky continuously miscues and continuously makes the wrong option. Doesn't seem to understand what's going on. Doesn't read defenses well enough. And that is seriously destroying the the, the Bears' offensive um, sort of chemistry. It's not letting them do what they want um, and seriously limiting themselves within their own playbook. And I think that as a result of that, the, the, like I said, Trubisky isn't the answer at QB and they're going to lose again this week because of it. Could I stop you right it's there? It's pretty mental when you think that he was picked ahead of Mahomes and Watson, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Th- this is the thing as well. I, I Sorry, but um, Matt, I've got to agree that I, everything I've, I've put down here is exactly in agreement with you. I think Mitch Trubisky is just one another, another of those trash men. He 
his playmaking ability or more so his desire to make plays. Mm. Like you see him in the in the backfield, he gets the ball, he and any sense of pressure, instead of stepping up in the pocket and trying to make the throw to the actual read he should be making, who's obviously designed to come open on a play, he'll think, panic and go, gotta get to my check down, bang. Or like throw it to, he throws it to the wrong option all the time. And it looks like he's just panicking, doesn't know how to do it. And you wouldn't expect this of a third year QB. Like we said, look at Deshaun Watson, look at Pat Mahomes. They've, mm. th- look how much they've developed in their years. And Pat Nagy, has, has, he's got a really good, he's really good at playmaking. And you can see the, the receivers getting open on the field. Happens all the time. You watch Bears games, you just see someone open and he doesn't throw it his way. And it's just like, how am I seeing this? And you're the quarterback of the yeah. game. Like, Jesus Christ. I feel like every time I watch the Bears, I can I just see Matt, at least one shot per game of Matt Nagy just looking so pissed off. And oh, so just just with the sourest look on his face after Mitch Trubisky's airballed someone or just thrown it straight to the other team or straight at the ground. And it's just like, imagine how good that offense could be with a better QB who's able to make better throws and make the reads. Absolutely. And the thing is with the Bears as well, last year they could get away with it because their defence was so good. Yeah. And they still are excellent this year against the pass. But they lost Akeem Hicks to the IR. And in those last two weeks, they've been absolutely bludgeoned on the ground by Josh Jacobs and Latavius Murray. Maybe this is a game that gets Melvin Gordon going again. And if you can't stop the run, they're not going to be bothered about Khalil Mack and all the weapons you've got in the secondary. Mm. You can just run it down their throat and make Mitch Trubisky have to win the game. That's a recipe for a victory. Absolutely. Mitch Trubisky with not any time on the clock as well. But think, if if bloody Latavius Murray, who's not even a starting running back in this league really, is is running over you like that, then what is Melvin Gordon going to do? Like, what is... Austin Eckler going to do it out of the backfield. It's still the same thing. It's the same issue they're having. They can't cover the running back position. It's just, you know, I, I would expect more out of a second overall pick at QB to answer or, or at least do something for his defense. Because at the moment, Chicago, their defense has to carry the entire game. And as good as Khalil Mack is and as good as Addie Jackson is, they, can't, they just can't do that. They need to have some sort of consistency at the quarterback position um, mm. or, you know, have that sort of reliable run game and they haven't really shown that either that's the thing they they're not talented on either side of the ball and if you want if you want to be one of these teams like the vikings were trying to be where you've got a good defense and you run the ball that's fine if you do it right it's fine that's what we've been trying Mm. to do for years and it's worked and but at the end of the day it's just is mitch trubisky's path kind of destined to be that sort of marcus mariota second Mm. overall pick who never really achieves anything i can kind of seeing it see it going that way never really progresses never turns out to be a proper starting quarterback in the league yeah he'll he'll do his five years he'll get out and he'll be a backup somewhere congratulations i think i'm actually gonna go you guys both on the charge i'm actually gonna make this one a change out. I'm going to go with the Bears on this one because as bad as the Bears have been on offense, the Chargers have been just as bad on defense this year. I think this is a game where um, David Montgomery could finally get a bit of rushing going if, I don't know, Matt Nagy wants to give him a chance. I think without um, Derwin James in the secondary, I think maybe Mitch Trubisky can complete enough passes that they can go ahead and maybe win a a 13-10 sort of game. Oh, I don't know. I think it will be ugly like that, to be fair, Slew. I think, like you said, the Bears have a chance because the Chargers will seem to, just every week, give the, the other team a chance to beat them. 
The, the Chargers it's are almost true. guaranteed to make two or three mistakes every week that give the, their opposition a chance to win. If the Bears can capture... Like not going for a QB sneak on the half-yard line. Exactly. Um, and I think if you know if the Bears can capitalise on those moments, if, if Mitch Trubisky can, can switch it on and, and make the most of those opportunities, then they've got a chance. But I think if it turns into... Um, you know, like I said, if if the Chargers are able to have their way on the ground and it turns into an, a situation where Trubisky's got to come back with not much time on the clock and win you a game, I don't see him being capable of that. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And also we, we see at the Chargers as well is that Philip Rivers, no matter how good, their, their defence is good. But like we said, they're, they're, they've got some key injuries and Philip Rivers can sling it still. Philip Rivers can put the ball in tight spaces and we saw that last week as well, even in a loss. So I, I honestly think Philip Rivers is just going to outplay Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky threw for what? It was something ridiculous, actually. It was it was like last week with um with Jared Goff. It was honestly like 82 yards or something ridiculous, wasn't it? I, I, I can't remember I, off the top of my head. I remember seeing in the fourth quarter, it was like 82 yards. And I was like, this can't be true. This can't be, you can't be getting eight, less than 100 yards by the fourth quarter. Are you joking? This is the National Football League. Trubisky finished with 250 but a lot of that was garbage time a lot of yeah, that was the game was already done as we've as we've already said that that Saints Bears game was over way before the final whistle okay and on that positive note I think that draws this week's podcast to the end make Ooh. sure you follow us check out our articles about three four times a week on the dropback.com find us on Twitter and Instagram at the dropback on Facebook at the dropback at the dropback UK I've been Sam oh I've been Joe and I've been Matt and thank you so much for listening until next week goodbye take care you have fun there Joe I really hope Liam times that for me going bump 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 that would be good that would be that would be very impressive Liam if you can that that's amazing just get it if not just silence Joe (laughs)